I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Welcome to episode 14, the best things you can do for your pelvic floor after baby. This is one of those questions that I get asked all the time, and immediately there is a flood of tips and ideas and suggestions that I want to make to whomever is asking. And over the years, I have been able to curate a couple of options, three of them to be exact, that I would suggest would be the best things to do after you have a baby. But before we go down that road, I want to tell you a story. I think I've told it on here, or at least I've told it on Instagram on my stories multiple times, but when our dog June, June B, as we call her here at home, when she had her babies, I was really amazed at the process in which she did it. So she went into labor on the afternoon of Cinco de Mayo. I remember because it kind of interrupted our little family Cinco de Mayo party that we were having. And she would go into her little box. They call it a whelping box and she'd lay down for a bit and then she'd get up and run outside and run around and then come back and lay down and she'd get up and run around and come back. And I thought, man, this girl needs to hold still. And a little backstory on Jumbi, she has so much energy, so much energy. So I, I thought this was part of it. So when she While she was in labor and doing all the natural things, we left her alone for a little bit. And then we were there with her for the first birth, which was really incredible. And not that it would be easy for all of you to participate in a live birth of a dog or an animal. I just think it's one of the coolest and most beautiful things that you can witness. But after she got done, she licked that puppy for a little bit. We took her just to to warm that puppy up. It was a boy actually. And she got up and she left and went out to the yard and was running around and then came back and then birthed another one 46 minutes later. And when she got done with that one, she did the same thing. She licked it. We held on to it, rubbed it. She left and ran around. And ultimately that story ended up in a C-section after two visits to the emergency room at the vet clinic. So that part is not the most relevant part of the story, but it just was so interesting to me that she just wanted to walk around and walk around after that baby. And I thought, oh, you know, that's exactly one of the things that I think allowed me to do so well with both of my births is as soon as I could muster up enough enough strength, I wanted to get up and walk around. And while I did not have vaginal deliveries, I had two C-sections, 
not exactly how I planned it, but I did plan for two beautiful babies to be in this world. And so I accomplished that. But that was one of the things, me walking around, even just standing up at the edge of my bed as soon as I could, because I know, and I know you know, that a C-section recovery is very different than a vaginal delivery. But I do attribute my quick healing and my pain management, my ability to increase my function to me getting up and walking around. And that is my first tip. Walk as soon as you can. And for the C-section mamas out there, even if that means getting to the edge of the bed and putting some weight on your feet, even though you're not standing up, maybe your bum is still touching the bed, but you shift some weight onto those feet. And then maybe you rock back with more weight on your bum, less weight on your feet. I know this probably seems very geriatric. It might be something that your grandma or grandpa might be working on after they've had a surgery, but those principles are still the same. And the reason that that is so beneficial, whether that's walking or standing or just even getting weight on those feet as soon as you can, one, it's going to cause that pelvis to start to work. So I think that this is a very missed concept for a lot of people, but our pelvis is what distributes the load. So if we're laying in bed, especially whether we've given birth vaginally or a C-section, we want blood flow to that area. We want there to be more oxygen and more nutrition to that area. So we need that pelvis to work. So when you stand without getting too sciency and too into biomechanics or kinesiology, because that's probably not what you're here for, When you go to put weight through your feet, your ankles and your feet work, your knee works, your hip works, your bum works, your pelvis works, all the way up to the tip top of your head, even though that doesn't feel like it's working that way. But that's what's actually happening. So something even as simple as putting weight on your feet while you're sitting at the edge of the bed, it's still helpful for that pelvic floor. Because if you remember from past episodes, or if you're new here, whatever the hip does or doesn't do decides what the pelvic floor does or doesn't do. So if you're laying in bed and your hip really isn't getting that much activity, then that pelvic floor isn't getting that much activity. So that is one of the best things that you can do for your pelvic floor is start walking or putting some weight on those feet or just even standing at the edge of your bed and marching in place and then rest for a while and then get right back to it. I would most definitely continue with this for at least the first three months of having the baby because you'd be surprised at how much benefit there is. The second tip is to balloon breathe. Now, this is one concept that I feel like when I teach my patients and my coaching clients, it gets missed sometimes as being really important. The reason you would want to do this right after having your baby and the reason that it helps your pelvic floor is because when we breathe and when we breathe properly, our pelvic floor is involved. So think with me here first. The way we should properly breathe is with our diaphragm. I'm sure you've heard of this before. I like to call it balloon breathing because I think it gives attention and awareness to the pelvic floor to not only give you more feedback as to what's happening or feedback if you're doing it correctly, but I think it also gives importance to that pelvic floor because it gets missed. It gets missed a lot, really. 
So the way in which that we would balloon breathe, it's the same as if we would breathe with our diaphragm, except that pelvic floor is going to play a role. So what I mean by this is when we breathe with our diaphragm, as we inhale, and if we allow our belly to blow up, or really what's happening as we inhale, the lower lobes of our lungs are filling with air, the diaphragm descends, as that descends, it pushes on our guts, And then as our guts move downward because of that volume or pressure displacement, that pelvic floor, assuming that it's soft and supple, will descend or drop in response to that pressure or volume displacement. And then as you exhale, going back up to the top, if you think of what's happening there, the lungs are going to expel that air. The air is now coming out of those lungs that pressure is no longer on that diaphragm. So diaphragm raises, your guts return or move up a little higher, and then that pelvic floor returns back to that resting position. So the reason I like to call it balloon breathing is because if you could imagine a balloon inside your stomach, and I'm sure you've seen a balloon on a helium tank before. So when they turn on that helium tank, that balloon blows up. The front of that balloon moves forward into your stomach, the front of your belly. The sides, the right side and the left side are also going to blow up. And then the back of that balloon is also going to blow up into your back or your spine. And then of course, the bottom of that balloon is also going to move away from the starting position or blow up as well and get bigger. So if you can imagine that balloon inside your stomach as it blows up, it's going to push on the front of that balloon. It's going to push on your abdomen and the right side and the left side of your abdomen and into your back. Not that your back's going to move. Your belly should move though. And then as that's happening, your pelvic floor, assuming that your pelvic floor is healthy and strong, that should drop or descend. So this is what's happening normally or physiologically. And the quicker we can get that happening after you have that baby, not only is that going to create movement at your pelvic floor, which if you remember the first tip of walking is to create more movement and blood flow, that's going to create movement and blood flow at that pelvic floor. The other interesting component of this is that it has been shown in research that doing this, they call it something different, but balloon breathing, it's the same principle. By doing it this way, it's putting proper pressure on your abdominal muscles and it can help you to lessen the gap or lessen the degree in which you have diastasis recti. I've seen this personally. I have seen it in my patients. I have seen it in the research. I've seen it in Instagram influencers that have performed this, that they have lessened their gap. So you can see that by using these physiological principles as part of the principles in recovering after having a baby is really the best way to go. So moving on to the third tip of the best things you can do for your pelvic floor after baby is I would do what I like to call baby bounces. So think with me for a minute when you've had a baby that you've had to shush or it's in the middle of the night and you're kind of walking around, you're bouncing the baby up and down. It's very light. It's very gentle. Your knees are kind of bending, but you're not, I mean, you're not jumping. You're not squatting. It's like somewhere in between. I really like to think that, again, 
this is such a natural instinct for us as mothers is that when we have a baby, we like to kind of stand there and bounce them or shush them or rock them to sleep. Our pelvic floor fires or activates in response to vertical pressure. So here we are, we have this natural instinct that we're trying to bounce or shush or rock our babies to sleep to help calm them or soothe them. And here we are bouncing them, utilizing vertical motion to help our pelvic floor start working. Isn't that incredible? It's like a built-in pelvic floor strengthener and we didn't even know about it. So this is what I would start doing as soon as you, truly as soon as you are up walking around after baby. But the trick here is you're not holding your breath. You're not trying to activate that pelvic floor. You really are just bouncing that baby. You can do it with baby. You can do it without baby. But I also would encourage you to move your foot position to a little wider You could do toes out. You could do toes in. You could do staggered. My pro tip here is if you do staggered, depending on where you are in this postpartum recovery period, you might be cautious that you don't do this yet with baby. Or if you do with baby, then lean up against a wall. This was one of the foot positions that I felt most unstable with. And it probably was for the first four weeks that I didn't do baby bounces in that staggered position with either of my babies because I just didn't feel secure enough. And as the mother bear, I know you are just like me. You want to keep that baby safe and protected. So that's what I would do for the third tip for one of the best things you can do for your pelvic floor after baby. So to kind of wrap this up, one of the things I want you to to notice here is that these things are very easy. These are not the fancy, do this trick and do this. These are very doable with baby. I strongly believe that we are designed to want to be with our babies, to biologically and physiologically need to be with our babies. So I think everything that you're doing here should be done with your baby in mind. So while baby is sleeping, you could you could walk or you could walk with baby as you wander around the house. That could be part of your bonding time. As you're doing balloon breathing, one of my favorites to encourage my patients and coaching clients is to do this while you're nursing or while you're pumping, or if you're formula feeding, you can do it while you're feeding baby. So not only are you with baby, but you're taking care of yourself. Now at this time, this is a hard time to take care of you. And so that's why I strongly believe that not only do these help improve or make a drastic difference in your pelvic floor, but it also continues that bond with baby. And of course, the third one, baby bounces, is literally derived from you bouncing around with your baby, needing to shush them and calm them and soothe them. So be mindful of that. These things that we can do for our pelvic floor, it doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to be you pulling out the yoga mat or doing this particular exercise for 30 minutes. These are things that we're trying to restore proper function of your pelvic floor by using these physiological principles, but also let's not forget the importance of being with your baby at this time. So to wrap up this episode, the homework is this. I want you to share this episode with 
any and all your pregnant friends or any of your friends or sisters that may have just had a baby or just share it on social media in case you don't happen to know who's pregnant or not pregnant. And then the next is I want you to sign up for my no leakage starter kit. This is free to you. The link is in the show notes. And this is one of those tips that is missed by most everyone, especially as we're trying to strengthen our pelvic floor and recover after having baby. So be sure to check out that link in the show notes. And remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend or two. See you next week.